Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The road to Roland Garros is paved in European clay. Six more weeks of action before we reach the Terre Battue of Paris. It's been a bumpy road for Rafa in Barcelona. Nadal got extended to another three-set thriller before advancing to the quarterfinals. Plus, with major champions Halep, Barty, and Kvitova, we've got a Grand Slam level Final Eight in Stuttgart which promises to deliver a fabulous quarterfinal Friday. So what's trending and who's posting? We're checking the hashtags and handles from all the tennis platforms. TC Live, a mascot to the tennis masses right now. Welcome in the road to Roland Garros paved with crushed red brick. And today some dreams crushed while others being built brick by brick. Welcome to TC Live, our half-hour post-game show to get you caught up on everything in the tennis world. A lot to get to today. Nadal, Tsitsipas, Halep all in action. Plus, guess who's coming back in Geneva? Roger Federer, we'll talk all about that. And more tennis trivia. Paul and Jimmy going head-to-head. Paul has the lead. No, he doesn't. Yeah, I'm 2-1 way coming up. into day four. How has he got a lead? Way you, got, you got yesterday I wrong. Got, I got two right. He's only got one Day right. one tie. No, day I, one was I a tie. It so that's 2-2. Two, well. two. I said it first. Uh, I'm, I'm already... Where's can the you tell who's Can you, can you tell who's competitive and who can just let it go? Is, is there a fine anywhere in my We're future? We're already <laughs> arguing and the show just started. All right, well, let, let's get to the action. There are only two former champions to play in Barcelona this year. Rafa Nadal, Kane Shikori, and by the way, it was five years ago. They met in the final. Kane Shikori was the two-time defending champ. Rafa took him out. And they would meet again today, and Paul and Jimmy, well, Rafa would come out on fire in the first set. He came out on fire in the first set when he hit six love. A little bit of help from Nishikori. Nishikori played so passively in that set, and I didn't think Nadal was still looking quite like Nadal. In the second set, Nishikori took advantage of that. He actually took control of the points, took the ball early, got to the net, was really pushing Nadal around quite a bit. Take a look Kings of Clutch, Kane Ishikori, fourth all-time when it comes to deciding sets. Rafa Nadal, he's in seventh place, but look at the names there. Djokovic, Borg, McEnroe, Laver. Kane Ishikori, when it comes to winning a deciding set, he is the man. So what would go down in the third set here? All I know is he has like 300 Grand Slam wins and then him on that list that we just showed. And unfortunately for him, Nishikori, it was Nadal who took over in the third set. Although Nishikori early on had triple break point to get up a break early, had another break point the next time that Nadal served. He didn't convert those, and then you just knew it was going to be Nadal taking advantage of those squandered opportunities for Nishikori. Final set looks like it was comfortable, 6-2 a couple of breaks. It wasn't comfortable. It was actually a very well-played third set. So Rafa gets the win, said, I think I played better than yesterday. The level of positive energy 
was higher. What was your take, Paul? Yeah, I think, I think it was. You know, I heard Jimmy talk a little bit about it during the uh, telecast. It was a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Nishikori started off a little bit strangely to me, but did a nice job on offense. And, and you said something which surprised me because it was correct. That, that is shocking. But, but seriously, <laughs> there, I love there, it. There, there was a couple times where Nishikori went to his forehand and he looked tired, like he couldn't get to a few balls. And the match didn't look that physical to me, so I wonder, is he trying to get himself back into shape? Actually, that's, a good, that's a good point because when I think of the score, there were some physical points where Nadal had him on a string and hitting eight forehands and Nishikori sprinting. I can understand why you're winded for a second. But the score, 6-0, You shouldn't be that tired, as tired as he looked. I surprised myself now that I'm... There you go. <laughs> you're surprised that you're down 2-1 in, in the head-to-head against Paul. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> Nadal, in his 11 titles in Barcelona, all of them he's won without dropping more than one set. Jimmy, he has lost two sets so far in two matches. I think he's fine with that, to be honest. I think he needs matches right now. He needs sets. He need, And he's at least come through in the important moments, and that's... That was the key. That third set was interesting because he was getting pushed around in the second set. He was getting pushed around at the very start of the third set. But whenever he had his back against the wall, he started hitting bigger. And the forehand, at least, was finding its mark when he went for it. If he says he's doing better, I'll believe it. He's got Cam Norrie up next in the quarterfinals. Meantime, it was four days ago. Stefano Tsitsipas, Andre Rublev meeting in that Monte Carlo final, the first Masters title for Stefano Tsitsipas, and the Greek god has won 11 straight sets. He is 4-0 on the ATP Tour against Alex Dimonor. What would happen today, Paul? Well, this is a, an interesting matchup because Dimonor is a great counterpuncher, unbelievably quick, but actually not a great clay court player. Likes to hit through the court, doesn't get that help. And Tsitsipas was so offensive, feeling so much confidence these days. One thing I love about Sizipas is how dynamic his game is. Forward, backward, side to side. He can do everything. And uh, he has a boatload of confidence and showed it today in a 7-5-6-3 victory where, once again, he was really dominant and really athletic. That's a great shot from Demonar, but guess what? He was a little bit short in the end, and a lot of it was because of that man right there. I'll tell you what, he is playing some incredibly competent tennis right now. Seventh straight win in straight sets, seventh quarterfinal in as many singles events this year. How about Andre Rublev looking to take out the Barcelona native Albert Ramos Vignolas? This was a battle. Ramos Vignolas does a great job making everybody work. No difference with Rublev after he lost the first set, just dug into those clay court roots that he has. Great left-hander, makes you hit a lot of balls on the dirt. But Rublev has been so hot this year. He's really confident. I tell you, it's so interesting because he gets so mad at himself on the court. I just wonder if that's going to come back to haunt him at some crucial time because he is so good off the ground. Let yourself miss a ball or two without totally brutalizing yourself. He regrouped at the biggest moments in the third set. He was the one that pushed Ramos Vignolas around. And in the end... Once again, he found a way. Said he was angry after his first match, and he didn't learn his lessons. <laughs> He's still in the quarterfinals with 26 wins on the year, and he gets Yannick Sinner next. How about that, Jimmy? I mean, that's going to be bombing ground strokes from both players. Who's going to out-hit who? And most likely, the way Rublev was hitting his legs. I'm not sure his legs feel great. He's played a lot of <laughs> matches. Maybe Sinner has the better chance. All right, let's head to Stuttgart. The ladies in the WTA 500 two-seed Simona Halep had never beaten Marketa Vondrasova. In fact, Vondrasova 
the more recent major finalist. But today it was all about Halep. This match surprised me a little bit. Not mostly because of the score, but also I thought Halep was controlling things, playing aggressively, never faced a break point. I don't know if Halep's played a match in her whole career where she never faced a break point against a player that had beaten her both times she had played. And I saw quite a few sort of serve plus one type things where she was hitting forehands, controlling play, and this was all one-sided, somewhat surprisingly for Halep. That's good news for her. Getting those clay court feet all ready to go. Alina Svitolina going for her seventh straight win over two-time champ here. Angie Kerber, this first set, Paul, would go to a tiebreak, and that is where Svitolina would take control. Yeah, this was a great first set, I thought, by both players. From three-all in the tiebreak, Svitolina took over and played the better tennis. It was serve plus one, even with these two players, Jimmy, who are not offensive-minded. Stuttgart is playing quick this week. There's a lot of first-strike winners there was in this match. Uh, both of these ladies were trying to dictate from the back of the court, which is not what they like to do. They like to counterpunch and react. But Spitalina really got confident after that first set, got on a roll, freed up, and played some really nice offensive tennis. Gem's life is back. It was a gem of a performance from Alina Svitolina. She's got Petra Kvitova next. Jimmy, what do you make of these quarterfinals? I mean, incredible stuff, isn't it? Every top seed except Kennan getting through and Bencic losing as well. But big players on clay playing on a fast clay court. So you see some of the powerful players, Pliskova, Kvitova, all playing well here in Stuttgart. Yeah, you know, I think even though it's serve plus one tennis, I also like the dynamic play of Ash Barty on these courts. She can come forward and all those matchups. There's a lot of tennis to be played. But we don't, we don't get to see many indoor clay courts, and we see even less clay court fast tennis. So this is a fun one to watch. It is. Cannot wait for the quarterfinals tomorrow from Stuttgart. A lot more to get to here on TC Live. Uh, the arguing has begun. <laughs> Jimmy and Paul, we've got some clay court trivia for you uh, today. He's a clay court specialist. That That's you not don't fair. want to miss. Not fair at all. <laughs> now have a 3-1 lead, even though it's whatever. It's, uh, you're at least tied. You're definitely not winning, Jimmy. Uh, Roger Federer, he's winning no matter what he does coming back onto the clay we'll talk about it next you're watching tc live introducing coco golf's signature shoe more than just a tennis shoe it's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette it's designed to enhance speed and power on the court the multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out the coco cg1 empowers you to dominate the game learn more and purchase the coco cg1 at newbalance.com Jimmy, Paul, Steve, back with you on TC Live. Last we saw Roger Federer failed to convert a match point and then ended up losing to Nicholas Basilashvili in Doha. That was his second match back after 13 months off, a couple of knee surgeries. So let's take a look at Roger Federer's 2021 schedule. He will return in Geneva and then head to Paris once again where he made the semifinals last year, then Halle, then Wimbledon. And, of course, the Tokyo Olympics on his calendar. How did Jim Courier sum up Fed's schedule last Sunday on TC Live? Take a listen. He'll play Geneva. He'll get a week off. 
then he'll get the French. Question is, if he loses early in the French, does he go straight to the grass in one of the tournaments that will take place in the second week of Roland Garros now with this different schedule? Because this is all pointing towards the grass court season. Everything pushing to get him ready to make a run at Wimbledon. So it's going to be great to have him back on the clay. But consider that the appetizer and Wimbledon the main course. We had Chanda Rubin on the show last week. Uh, good stuff. So Roger actually said after Doha, it was a positive return for him. He, he was happy to be back on the tour. Where's he practicing now? Who's he hitting with? How's he getting ready for Geneva, Paul? I, I would assume he's in I haven't talked to, that, to Camp Federer lately. I'm assuming he's in Switzerland. They've got great clay court practice there. And, uh, look, that schedule looks good to me. It's going to be interesting to see how he feels. And I thought he was fine in the tournament uh, in Doha. I thought he played fine, lost a tough match, beat Evans in the first round three sets. So I, I don't think there's any reason to panic. Do you agree, Jimmy, that this is all geared up for Wimbledon? I mean, this is a guy who, listen, he's won 80% of his matches at Roland Garros. He's won a title there, been to a bunch of other finals. So it's not like this surface isn't good for him either. I'm sure if things start going well at Roland Garros and he's making a little run, that he's not going to just be thinking about Wimbledon. Obviously, he's going to want to win any major that he can. And he probably still is the third or fourth best player in the world on clay right now. So why not? If things open up for him nicely, why not make a run? Geneva's sort of a quicker clay, wouldn't it be? I so think so, yeah. That mm-hmm. might help him get some matches, get some wins, get a little feel. And listen, Paul, the last time we saw him at Roland Garros, made it to the Final Four, didn't drop a set until the quarterfinals against Stan Wawrinka. Yeah, look, I mean, we talk about Roger and his clay court tennis, but when you look at that right there, he can play on clay. And, Jimmy, you mentioned how well he's played on clay. There happens to be a Spanish guy that's pretty good that has smothered some of his best chances at Roland Garros. But I agree with what you said. You know, other than Novak and Rafa and probably team, except the way team's feeling right now emotionally, you don't know. Is there really a lot of other people you're putting ahead of Roger at Roland Garros? Maybe Sissipas right now, the yep. way Sissipas is that's playing. That's a good one. But Yep. Those are the three favorites to me. I'm actually leaving team out for the moment until I see him play in Madrid and Rome. Um, but Rogers in the mix, certainly. You can't, you can't count him no, out and, at any time. Yeah, and the other thing is players like that, Jim, I agree with, that it's, you know, the pinnacle is give myself the best chance at Wimbledon because that's his best chance. But I, I just find it really hard to believe that a player that great is going to a tournament not thinking or hoping that they can win. I mean, I just don't see it. With the time I've spent with Roger... And also with Sampras, I don't ever remember them going anywhere where they're not trying to win. Even Sampras at the French at a certain point in time? No, no, like... no. Never. Okay. Never went there. He went there with confidence? No, not tr- no, thinking that, oh, I'll go there and build into Wimbledon. Okay. That was never, never, never uh-uh. Listen, Rogers won more than 100 titles in his career. I think every time he enters an event, he's looking to win that event. Wimbledon, of course, is the major that he's won more than any other. Uh, last time at Wimbledon, that was 2019, had match points against Novak Djokovic. So what, what do you expect this year? Because we didn't have Wimbledon last year. I expect him to be one of the two or three favorites again at Wimbledon, no question about it, if he's moving as well as he's been moving. Now, I haven't seen him. I didn't see his matches in, in Doha, but he was moving so well the last time I saw him play. If he continues to move like that, he still has the game for grass that's better than pretty much anybody. And he... He really, he got tight when he had match points against Djokovic in that Wimbledon. He had that one forehand approach where he normally is on the ball so fast. It was only a millisecond slower moving forward to that ball, but it left that little bit of space cross court. Djokovic being Djokovic found that space and 
you know, found a way to win that final. Paul, how does the shortened grass court season affect Roger this year? I don't think it affects him at all, really, because he's played so much. The only part of the equation really is how healthy is he. Um, if he plays really well at the French Open, he's going to have plenty of matches. And even if he doesn't, he's got the tournament in Switzerland before that. So for him to get a couple matches, on, the, only, the only question to me is how healthy is he. That's all. All right. We'll see that in Geneva coming up in May. It's a home event for Roger, and then he loves going to Paris. More still to come here on TC Live. Belinda Bencic, how would she fare in Stuttgart? Would she slip and slide and get into the next round? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back on TC Live from Stuttgart, the match we saw before the show. Belinda Bencic, Ekaterina Alexandrova, 1-1 head-to-head coming in. How about this first set from the Russian? Boy, this was just power tennis. She was first serve, first strike, specialty, just dominating the back of the court. Never let Bencic get in any rallies. Was aggressive on the return to serve. Up an early break in the second set. And she got a little nervous. Things got a little bit different. A couple double faults. A couple of those flat rockets flew long. Uh, but then at five all, she reeled in that it's power it's and started hitting targets again. Did a nice job breaking Benchich and then went on and served it out. She was a very impressive offensive player today. Came into this match, had only won 33% of her clay court matches in her career and looked really impressive against Benchich. Is there any chance, Paul, that Benchich could have backed up her? I know that's not her style know, of play we were, and make her hit a couple extra shots. Yeah, Jason and I were talking about that uh, during the match because it isn't her style and the court's really quick. So if she backs up, she's not a great mover anyway, Benchich. But it'll give her a little bit more time to get in some rallies and, and and basically make Alexandrova think a little bit more. I'm surprised she didn't shift that at all. How good is this draw in Stuttgart? Alexandrova is ranked 34 in the world. She's the lowest-ranked player in the quarterfinals. Back to the guys in Belgrade. That means Aslan Karatsev, Jimmy, playing just his second ATP event on clay. But he did win two clay court titles on the Challenger Tour late last year. I mean, this guy, where did he come from? 27 <laughs> years old, he's... No one had ever seen him, and all of a sudden he's semifinals in Australia. He's winning matches. He's one of the best players in the world right now, the way he's playing. This match was very difficult for him. It went to a third set tiebreak, the second match in a row for Bednay in a final set tiebreak. He beat Sebi Korda in the first round. And then... This was a big point here, Jimmy. They called it out initially. The umpire came out of the chair. There was a lot of dialogue. 
Bednay is trying to explain to him the direction of the ball where it landed. He got no love, ended up having to replay and lose the point, got to 6-5 and a double fault. It was a sour ending, a tough day for Bednay. Yeah, he did have a match point, missed a backhand. That double fault was pretty ugly. Back to Barcelona, and Felix Ojeali has seen Denis Shapovalov, Paul, two young Canadians, split their previous four meetings. FAA got out to a fast start in both sets. Yeah, he was buttoned up playing offensive tennis, really did a nice job taking care of the second serve opportunities, both returning and serving. And when he does that on his own serve, it's a huge help. Wins that first set very comfortably. They get into a little bit of a battle in the second set. But uh, FAA, how about one double fault and serves and won 63% of his second serves? That second serve and his forehand are the two areas in big moments where he's had a couple of glitches. Well, two things. He didn't have many big moments today because he got way ahead. And maybe that's because he took care of the second serve. Big win for Felix Auger-Aliassime. He's got Stefano Tsitsipas next. Fun one. Tsitsipas 3-2 head-to-head. But this is their first meeting on clay, so really looking forward to that matchup. Time now to enter the social net. We have some great news. Carla Suarez Navarro announces she has completed her treatment. Paul, she is cancer-free. Absolutely fantastic to hear that. Yeah, every once in a while, uh, we've got to get a recalibration of what's important in life, and this is it right here. So this is tremendous news. The entire tennis family is so happy for Carla. And uh, look at the smile on her face. Great to see. Incredible stuff. Yeah, hope to see her back on tour soon. I know she's been practicing a little bit as well. Meantime, it was on this day back in 1968, tennis's open era begun. Incredible that you saw Rod Laver, Ken Rose. Well, I think in the background there you see Paul Anico, and he was meeting yeah, and trying, to get, nice. trying to get the tour nice. open. Part of the politics of it, and, and in the end... We're all thankful. We all make a few bucks now because of these guys. Legends. Legends, those two. Check out the article, Joel Drucker. Fascinating story on Tennis.com. And then we've got our tennis tricks of the day, the trickeration. This is uh, Diego Freestyle Tennis. Some impressive racket skills. Paul? Yeah, way above my pay grade. Zero chance I could do any of that, but uh, I'm sure Jimmy could. Jimmy, you got that, right? First of all, I can't do any of that. And second of all, now I want to see how this guy plays actual tennis because if he can do this, I mean, come on. Racket skills. Let me me see some. Good racket skills. I like that. Jimmy, did you ever try any of this stuff while you were playing? No, the only time I ever tried any sort of trickery is when I played Mansoor Barami in the senior tour. I tried to do his stuff. That guy's a magician. Center court coverage continues Friday on Tennis Channel and TC Plus. The quarterfinals getting underway. We'll be right back. All right, you've been waiting all show. Tennis Channel trivia. Jimmy versus Paul. Which American man under 30 has the most career clay court singles victories. Today, Jimmy, you get the first shot at this one. Oh, man. <laughs> you sure that it's not Paul's turn to go first? No, nope, it's your turn. Is, is this American man playing? or Yeah, yeah under 30, years of age. Right now. Playing right now under 30 years old. Yep. I know that. Okay, Paul, go. No, no, you go first. <laughs> no, I want to. No, like, no, you're not riding on my coattails. You rode on my coattails no, day one. No, I'm Todd no. Martin. Jimmy, I, I said, okay, I said I'll, you first. You gotta go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, under 30. There is no man under 30 winning a clay court title. Not titles, matches. Oh, 
Singles victories. Singles Taylor victories. Fritz. Taylor Fritz. Yeah, that's who You're I would have said. You're both going too. Taylor Fritz. Yeah. You're both wrong. No. <laughs> See, I knew I could I could get him faked out by that. Jack Sock. There Come on, everyone. Yeah. Ah. Leading the way by a large margin. We forget about Jack rebuilding his career. Yeah. Get back out there, Jack, on the tour. So you going through the challengers and Surprise. get back out there. Tiapo's only at six. I know he's, he's he's very a lot good on better the play. Than six very good on wins. the play. Well, so what do you what do you think the score is now? I'm up four zero now. <laughs> I get two extra. It's I lulled him into going with Taylor. No, which no, was no, because that was the the name that I finally figured out as yeah. I was thinking. Because he's the only one who's played a bunch of clay court terms right. from what I could see. So I did think of him. I would have gotten it wrong. <laughs> Let's take All a right, look at the two. matches coming right. up on Friday. Two two Anacone Arias. Heading into uh, TGIF. Paul, which of these matches are you most looking forward to? You know, I'm really looking forward to Kvitova and Spitalina. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting in those conditions to see who comes out on top. But, uh, boy, I'd like to pick about three of them. What are you looking at, Jimmy? I like the start of the day, to be honest. I want to see Sinner Rublev. That's sort of the next-gen guys who you think are going to be winning majors. OJ, Aliasim, and Sissipas. All four of those yeah, names are great. people that you're thinking could win. Steve? I like Barty Pliskova. There you go. That's going to be a fun Very contrast in styles. Yeah. I mean, but Ash Barty actually is second in aces this year in the WTA. You think Pliskova's got the big serve? You know what's sad is nobody cares about Novak Djokovic. Poor Novak Djokovic. There's no, it's just wins. That's all not time. true. It's oh, the matchup. There's the 50 match matches there. He just wins. I know. He just wins. I know. But it's just poor Novak. All right. So he, he wants poor no, Novak. I really you're want to see the you're Novak Misha Katsmanovic match. Okay, good. There you go. There you go. Who's going to win? Try and tease everybody. I'm afraid Novak might get my boy Misha. <laughs> All he does is win. All he does is win, gang. All Rafa does is win All on this surface. All he does is win, too. <laughs> All you do is win, Paul. All Jimmy He's does is tie. lose All he to does me. Is tie. All he does is lose to me in trivia. 2-2 <laughs> heading to Friday. You don't want to miss TC Live tomorrow. Thanks for watching the show today. Live coverage continues 6 a.m. Eastern right here on Tennis Channel.